Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today is Monday, June 6th. It is later in the evening here as I record this from my room here at Universal Orlando's Cabana Bay Beach Resort. I'm in Orlando, Florida for IPW 2022, a great event for the travel industry, but more on that coming up in a bit. We've got a great show today. We'll be talking big travel news as always, and this time including some key destination updates, so you'll want to check out that. Before we get started, though, a quick note to my travel advisor listeners. Don't miss the Villas of Distinctions webinar on June 9th at 2 p.m. Eastern. Villa rentals are growing exponentially in the industry, and advisors need to be in the know on this type of offering. So register over at TravelPulse.com backslash webinars. Later on in the show, Amir Alon, president and CEO of Longwoods International, joins me to discuss how inflation is impacting the travel industry. Some great insight and data points there that you're going to want to listen out for uh, later on in the show. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening, let's dive into what's been trending in the world of travel in the last week. And we begin with where I'm at right now. IPW 2022 is underway and a great first strong showing here today on the Monday a lot of meetings with buyers and sellers out there, some media meeting as well too. So lots of good stuff. Nearly 5,000 attendees from over 60 countries are here to celebrate the return and the recovery path of the travel industry. So this is a huge kickoff for the travel industry to go well on its way into the path of recovery. So talking to tourism reps from around the US, you know, the sentiment is that travel is bouncing back really well right now. You know, some places obviously doing better than others here in Florida, no surprise, doing big numbers. So, you know, projections though for the travel industry at large for the U.S. is that 2024 and 2025 will really be the time period of full U.S. recovery. However, Roger Dow, CEO of U.S. Travel Association and former guest of the podcast, he said, along with Chris Thompson, CEO of Brand USA, that they both actually agreed that we think we can beat that and that 2023 will be the big moment for the U.S. travel industry's full return and I, I love that positivity. You know, you, you, if you listen to the show, you know I'm all about positive takes here. So I love that. Is it ambitious? Is it a far reach? You know, I don't think so. I think it's going to be a really huge summer. There are going to be hiccups. There are going to be headaches. So, you know, my advice out there for you travelers and travel advisors too, be patient, be kind. You know, that was the kind of the, the theme of my Bowman's Travel Beef column this week. So, you know, it, it, there are going to be difficulties. There's going to be adversity. You know, there are cancellations happening and you know it's unfortunate at times but you got to power through you got to stay positive and you, you got to be patient and really just just be kind you know put a little love in your heart out there because what the world needs now is love so I'm, I'm all about that and here at ipw that that's kind of a message too of you know let's let's get this industry pushing back and let's get going so and with that the u.s unveiled a new national travel and tourism strategy was announced today and it sets goals to welcome 90 million international visitors by 2027 and achieve an estimated 279 billion in annual spending so those are some uh, lofty goals there i think but are, i think it's attainable and it's something we can certainly achieve here on the u.s side of things obviously you know to get going on that faster and faster you know Let's get rid of that testing rule that's coming up as uh, we have seen that. But uh, there was another push for that, but I'll get to that in a moment because I do want to talk about these four different pillars of this new national travel and tourism strategy for the United States. This morning's press conference, Grant Harris, the Assistant Secretary of Commerce for Industry and Analysis, came out and said that the four pillars of here are it's the first to promote the United States as a travel destination. Second is to facilitate travel to and within 
the United States. Third is to ensure diverse, inclusive, and accessible travel experiences. And fourth is to foster resilient and sustainable tourism. I absolutely love that. I think those are a great foundation to get this really going back and and strong for the U.S. travel. There are several international buyers here, and there are a lot of international media too. It's great to see. There's a lot of excitement about you know getting the return to U.S. travel. So, but as I said earlier and teased a bit, it's that that testing rule is impacting things right now. But last week, you know, senior leaders from the U.S. Travel Association and also Airlines for America visited the White House for a meeting during which they stressed the need to end the pre-departure testing requirement for inbound vaccinated air travelers. So it remains to be seen. And uh, that's kind of the sentiment here, too, from a lot of the executives is they they don't know when that's going to happen. You know, Chris Thompson said, like, uh, there are thousands of people here and thousands of people are going to constantly ask him, you know, well, when's that rule going to end? And he said he didn't know and he has no idea. And I'm sure that he would like to know. Everyone would like to know when it's going to, it, we, many of us thought it would have already happened by now, but here we are June 6th and it still hasn't happened. So big news likes to happen when I travel though. So wouldn't be surprised if that, if that drops this week, who knows? So be on the lookout for all that stuff. We'll be sure to cover it quickly over on travelpulse.com. In other trending news last week, too, the U.S. Justice Department filed an appeal to overturn the federal mask mandate, saying none of the district court's quarrels with the CDC order comes close to showing that the CDC has acted outside of the zone of reasonableness. Officials also said that the CDC provided ample support for the agency's determination that there was a good cause to make the order effective without delay. I don't see the federal mask mandate coming back, honestly. I, th- I think this is a process that they had to do and you had to go with the appeal and everything. I just don't see it coming back. Th- there were so many headaches and so many issues. And then as soon as it was gone, you know, the naughty passengers, if you will, they, they stopped, not entirely stopped, but there was a drastic drop off after that federal mass mandate was, was lifted. So no, I don't think this comes back. I would be very shocked if it does. And I know there will be a lot of angry people out there if it does. Moving over to destination news, Canada border restrictions will continue through June 30th. All travelers are still required to use the Arrive Can app to submit their travel information, including method of entry, proof of vaccination, and more. Fully vaccinated travelers no longer need to submit a pre-entry COVID-19 test to enter, but they may be randomly selected upon entry for testing. Travelers are also required to continue wearing masks while using public transportation, including airplanes. So Canada's still on, on that thread, but you know, I think in time that's going to be lifted talking with some people from Canada too. They're, they're ready for it. So they'll get going on that other destination news. Popular Caribbean destinations have dropped several COVID related restrictions. Barbados, Trinidad and Tobago and the U S Virgin islands announced that they have reduced coronavirus related travel restrictions in various capacities. So we had on the Island of Barbados, government officials dropped a three day quarantine period for unvaccinated visitors who test negative at the airport upon arrival. All of the unvaccinated travelers must show proof of a negative COVID-19 test taken within three days before arrival. Vaccinated travelers no longer have to take a coronavirus test before visiting Barbados. In Trinidad and Tobago, health officials announced that the uh, T-Travel Pass previously used to allow visitors to enter has been discontinued. Travelers must either show proof of vaccination or a negative test taken within 48 hours of arrival. The dual island nation still enforces a mask mandate, though. Travelers heading to U.S. Virgin Islands will no longer be forced to complete a form at the USVI travel screening portal. Tourists will still need to show proof of vaccination or negative test taken within five days of arrival. 
So that's the latest with the Caribbean's popular destinations there. And we're going to see more and more start to drop those requirements as we are seeing that also happen over in Europe as well with the latest news around Italy dropping their remaining pandemic era requirements. Italy had previously required an EU green pass or equivalent from non-EU travelers requiring either full vaccination and proof of recent recovery from COVID-19 or a recent negative test result to enter without a mandatory quarantine period. But as of June 1st, Italy ended all entry requirements, but masks are still required indoors through June 15th though. So that's a lot of information just kind of dumped on you there with COVID related stuff. So my advice too, if it's overwhelming is make sure you work with a travel advisor out there for the traveler advisors listeners you know we do have a covid resource map that's really great it's powered by sherpa so check that out it's an interactive guide up on travelpulse.com i highly recommend that it is a great resource to have handy so you can quickly check on what is the latest information there because it is still constantly changing out there In other destination news, though, over in the Mexican Caribbean, a massive theme park and entertainment facility, more details announced about that is coming soon. It was on hold because of the pandemic, but now it's coming back because of some money influx there. So Palace Resorts Group's president said that the complex will be located on an 820,000 plus square feet of land and feature a shopping center, amusement park, ice rink, the world's largest go-kart track, a hot air balloon, and more. It'll be dubbed the Maltertainment Riviera Maya. The property is located in front of the Moon Palace Cancun All-Inclusive Resort. Great resort out there, folks. Uh, It's really exciting here. So it's going to require an investment of more than 100 million pesos, which is over just over $5 million. So the project was suspended in the pandemic, as I said, but um, restrictions and money issues happened, but they got a new loan has helped to restart the project. So no word yet on when this will be completed. So stay tuned for further updates on that. But I absolutely love this. I think it's great for the Riviera Maya region and more things to do do outside of your all-inclusive hotels. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just, you know, staying on property if that's that's what you want to do in your vacation time is, you know, soak it up on the beach or by the pool or whatever. Sure. But, you know, families out there, they want some things to do in addition to what's available at the resorts because resorts out there are pumping up, you know, on-site attractions at their, at their properties. There are water parks at several all-inclusive resorts out there. But hey, Something new to do in a, a maltertainment there. I, I love the name, and I think this is going to be really big for the Mexican Caribbean. Tourism in Mexico is going really well right now, and this is just another boost that is going to entice more and more people to visit the region. Moving over to cruise news as we round out what has been trending in the world of travel. And then last week, we had a new survey come out from the Global Rescue Traveler Sentiment and Safety Survey, and they said confidence in the cruise industry is on the rise. Global Rescue CEO Dan Richards, former guest of the podcast, he did came out and said that the positive sentiment toward the cruise industry was, quote, driven by the combination of the majority of foreign borders opening to international travelers, revenge traveler, and elevated comfort levels of travelers have for taking trips, end quote. Certainly great for the cruise industry to have more and more confidence build up over people taking cruises. As I'm, as was discussed on last week's show, if you missed it, our cruise lines being unfairly treated right now. It was a, little, a good little debate there we had with my uh, travel advisor guest, John, on that. So if you missed last week's show, definitely check that out. It's positive signs to see more confidence for the cruise industry. And also, as mentioned on last week's show, too, there are some more new to cruise travelers out there. And I think that is great for the industry. Things are looking up for the cruise industry and really the travel industry as a whole. 
So if you take a cruise out there, if you've never been on one, I highly recommend them. I think I have a good feeling that you'll get hooked into cruising if you if you do it. Um, if you don't like the massive ships, if that's not really for you, I highly encourage you to check out river cruising, whether that's in the U.S. here. There's some great lines out there and American Queen Voyages, American Cruise Lines, good stuff. A lot of fun rivers, too, in the U.S. that people overlook at times. So look into that. Or, you know, there's the European river cruises out there that are immensely popular they do cost a little bit more so you got that we will warn you about that but they're absolutely captivating and i just love getting on a ship unpacking once and i'm hitting multiple destinations and i'm having a great time so big advocate for cruising here and if you feel otherwise drop me an email podcast at travelpulse.com let me know your thoughts on cruising i'd love to hear from you folks that wraps up what is trending in the world of travel you can email me any additional thoughts any comments, any concerns, I would love to hear from you. Also, please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. So now we're going to jump over to our interview segment of the show. And full disclosure, this interview was recorded on June 3rd. And now joining me on the podcast is Amir Elon, president and CEO of Longwoods International. Welcome to the show, Amir. Tell our listeners a little bit more about you and Longwoods International. Oh, thanks for having me on board today. Uh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Longwoods International, we are a market research consultancy that specializes in the travel and tourism industry. We've been around, uh, well, this month we'll be celebrating our 44th birthday, so a little while. Awesome. Well, congratulations on 44 great years. So research is obviously very key and important in the industry. We're going to touch on some of the recent uh, stats and data you guys have put out over summer travel and everything as it relates to, you know, what we're talking about. And the key theme of today's show is around inflation's impact on the industry. So Amir, we'll get right to it. What do you think is inflation's impact on the industry right now? Which sectors of the industry are being hit the hardest? Uh, great question. Well, that's kind of the $64,000 question right now. Well, with all, with all with, with rising gas prices and supply chain issues and so forth, uh, uh, people are feeling financial pressure in all aspects of their lives right now, uh, especially here in the U.S. And uh, of course, that's having an impact on travel uh, from, from uh We've been tracking travel sentiment uh, since the very beginning of the pandemic. And while we've moved away from a lot of the pandemic issues, the inflationary issues have hit. Uh, so for the last few months, we've been asking American travelers uh, every few weeks about the impact of rising gas prices, for example, on their decision to travel in the next six months. And the most recent data we have from just a couple weeks ago uh, is that 59% of American travelers currently tell us that the rising fuel prices uh, will either impact or greatly impact their decision to travel in the next six months. And of that 59%, 32% are the ones telling us that it will greatly impact their decision to travel. So what does that mean? How is that going to, the good news is it doesn't mean that they're not going to travel. Um, in fact, only 6% are, tra- are canceling trips right now. And at any given time, uh, usually 4 to 5% of travelers are canceling their travel plans because, you know, family emergencies or work things come up or whatever um, in there. So, so that's very encouraging. But it is having an impact on how they travel. So about four out of 10 travelers are telling us that they're choosing destinations that are closer to home. So regional drive markets will be really, really important uh, this year. Uh, a little over a third are saying they're reducing the number of trips they're taking. They perhaps were going to take uh, three or four trips uh, in the next six months or so. Uh, maybe they're cutting back on one or two of those or just making, uh, combining a couple, making them longer. One third are reducing the amount that they spend on retail purchases. Uh, there are so less souvenirs, fewer t-shirts. Also about a third say that they're reducing the amount they spend on entertainment and recreation. So, uh, so uh, you know, what we're really seeing here is rather than canceling travel, 
we're going to still going to travel. We're going to go to the destinations we want to go to. We may bring them closer to home, but we are reallocating our spend. So uh, the, the folks are telling us they're spending less on food and beverage while they're out. Uh, maybe they're going to pack sandwiches for the road for the car trip instead of yeah. uh, stopping along the way. They're also going to be reducing the amount of spend on lodging. Uh, maybe they're maybe if it's a family trip, uh, they may be picking a limited service property, not just for a uh, lower price point than a full service property, but because limited service properties typically include breakfast uh, as part of their rate. So we're seeing these types of things. Now, all that being said, there's still 18% of travelers telling us that the gas prices are not unpacking their travel plans in any form. That's great. Yeah, I would love to see that no plans, very few cancellations happening right now as, you know, that is a drastic, uh, drastic change, you know, from last year and obviously 2020. But, you know, moving forward here, gas is impacting, but also flight. So what are you seeing around there as, as flight prices is uh, changing the mindset of a lot of travelers and, and opting to go for the road trip instead, right? Yeah, well, you know, uh, since the beginning of the year, uh, you know, airfares have been rising on average 7 8% a month. And of course, this last month, they took a, a significant leap up, uh, even almost double that. Um, so we, we asked the question in our last survey in terms of the impact of rising uh, price of flights. And again, uh, not as high numbers, but significantly high numbers, 49% of American travelers are telling us that the uh, rising uh, that the rising airfares are going to impact or greatly impact their decision to travel in the next six months. And again, of those 27%, so over a quarter of travelers are telling us uh, that it will greatly impact their decision to travel. And the biggest change that we're seeing they're opting to drive instead of fly. I live here in Columbus, Ohio. If I have a family of four and I'm considering a trip, say, down to Orlando for Disney World, um, you know, it, uh, the airfare right now is going to cost me about $2,400, $2,500 to fly a family of four down to Orlando from Columbus, Ohio. Gas prices, while significantly higher than they were a year ago, uh, still going to keep the cost of transportation down significantly than that $2,400. So I may just drive with my family. We're seeing that both long haul and short haul drive travel. Yeah, it's the same thing here outside of Atlanta, Georgia, where I live. And that's, you know, um, almost a 10 hour drive or so to Orlando. I made that trip with my family summers after summer after summer when I was growing up. And I know that drive very well, but I much prefer to fly, but not everyone can do that as pricing is so impactful right now on everyone's decisions. And speaking of the pricing, you know, these soaring prices, how long do you think that's going to last in the industry? Is prices going to go back down, you know, in time or is this inflated cost going to be part of the new move, um, new normal moving forward? Excuse me. Uh, essentially, basically, you know. What is the long-term impact that we're looking here on, on all of this? Uh, if I only had my magic crystal right. ball, I'd, tell you all, I'd, be, I'd be a very, very wealthy man. But uh, you know, let me preface this by saying we're not economists. We're survey researchers. So we're talking to travelers and, and they're sharing their thoughts on these things. But what we're seeing from the economists reporting, uh, from the other leading indicators across the industry, and most importantly, what the travelers are telling us, the expectation is that these prices are going to be high for a while. Uh, you know, a lot of the economic Im Im impact outlooks, uh, the Federal Reserve, for example, just a few days ago, said that it looks like inflation is going to be with us uh, well into 2023 uh, before it kind of gets back under control. So we can expect these airfares to keep going. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a war going on in, uh, in Eastern Europe right now, which is uh, also helping impact uh, the uh, fuel prices in a negative way, as well as uh, helping uh, with other supply chain disruptions. Uh, in a negative way, so um, so all these things, all these things, kind of add up and factor up. So we really see this trend to continue at least through this year, uh, as it means for the travel industry. 
But you know, things will reset at some point. Uh, again, will they go back down to the great deals we saw uh, in the height of the pandemic, where people were not really moving around at all? I don't think so. Uh, I think we can. I think I think we need to take our mindset back to the rates and the expectations that we had back in 2019, uh, and probably add a little bit more to that because again, the cost of living, the cost of doing business, is just a bit higher these days. So, so uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, there will still be deals, good deals in the future, um, but I think we need to focus more on value than discounts at this point. Yeah. And do you think that, I mean, there's still going to be some discounts that companies do just to entice the travelers because it's, there's always travel deals. It's just, they're going to be much uh, fewer this year, you'd say. And and even into 23? You know, there are going to be deals to be had this year still. A lot fewer, obviously, as uh, travel counselors have been saying for months now, book sooner than later, you know, uh, um, because, uh, you know, you, you just saw a lot, a lot of the airlines, for example, uh, these three major carriers announced all in the past week that during the peak months of July and August, they're cutting their flights by as many as a hundred per day, uh, just to make, just to deal with the labor shortage that they have, um, in there. And of course that not only is going to reduce capacity, but that also uh, with the, with the, with the high demand, I mean, let's face it right now, our data are showing nine out of 10 travelers, say they have plans to go somewhere in the next six months. With that kind of pent up demand and a reduced capacity, those fares are naturally gonna go up uh, for every available seat that, that, that's out there. Uh, you know, for 23, I think we'll see more, um, more enticements, more deals to book early. I think a lot of operators and owners are going to look for, uh, you know, to, to, to fill up their, uh, um, you know, their Airbnbs or, 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 or their hotel rooms or uh, rental cars or whatever they have. I think a lot of them are going to be looking uh, to, kind of, to, 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 to forestall any type of, uh, you know, prolonged recession that in, in maybe a slowdown in, in, in traveler spending. I think they're going to, they're going to put out a lot of deals uh, later this year to book early for 2023. And that's what you're going to expect. Yeah. Booking early is so important, right? Now. It's always been important, but I feel like it's just elevated to such a next level there of making sure that you're on top of that. And it will be very interesting to see, you know, how things shape out for the busy holiday time and and later this year, because obviously, you know, summer is always big and we're going to see some big numbers this year, which is really exciting compared to, you know, 21 and obviously 2020. But, you know, as we get into the holiday time and that's when a lot of people also think about the following year, you know, we're going to get into, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas time, people gathering together with families and they're going to be talking about where should we go in 2023? What should we do? And yeah, businesses would be wise to sort of jump on, you know, hey, you know, come with us in 2023 summer, book your stuff now. Here's an enticing deal to try to get, you know, maybe December of 22 and January of 23. A lot of people book and plan around that time. So it'll be really interesting to see what sort of deals are available then. What's the pricing situation looking like then? Because that is such a big uh, window for the travel industry. Uh, You know, you're absolutely right. And I think what you're going to see is some of these deals to book early for 23, even emerging this fall. I think it's going to be before the holiday season. I think, you know, know, people are turning into value bargain hunters right now. Uh, They're scouring the internet constantly. So, so as they're looking at the, as they're looking at the search data, uh, they're going to see people already starting to look, you know, some cases for 23. Um, So some of these operators um, may want to take a portion of their inventory and, and and to kind of hedge their bets on on, on where things are going to go next year and make sure, and and make sure they make some of that inventory uh, available uh, earlier than later. Yeah. So, you know, with booking and planning and everything, I always say, you know, use a travel advisor. That's my go-to advice as we do have a lot of travel advisors listening to this show right now. So what would your advice be to them, you know, on dealing with inflation's impact as they discuss uh, price and cost and everything with their clients? Yeah. You know, I think it's all comes down to perception of value. 
Uh, at the end of the day, you know, the travelers are proving that, that they're going to still keep going. They just want to make sure that, you know, they're going to reallocate their spend. They have their budget. They're going to, they're going to try to keep within that budget as much as possible. Uh, we already talked about, you know, how they might reduce their spend in certain things like dining or entertainment and souvenirs and so forth. But, um, the traveler is still is going to pay the rate that it takes to get to where they need to go to do the things they want to do as long as they feel there's a value there. Uh, so it's really important. Uh, I mean, you know, you, you know, using, using travel advisors, travel counselors now more than ever uh, because people need to know, um, you know, where the good experiences are to be had. You know, if I, if I pay $300 plus a night for a hotel room and have a lousy experience versus playing $300 plus a night for a hotel room and have a great experience, you know, that, you know, where, 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 where are you going to go back to? Where's the word of mouth going to go? Yeah, it, that, that's going to make the difference. So, so that perception of value, and quite frankly, uh, I would urge travelers, you know, to, to, to take advantage of those, of those travel advisors because they're in the know. They know who offers the right experience. Absolutely. So thank you so much, Amir. I appreciate this. It's been really great insight. Any final words of wisdom or advice you want to pass on to our listeners as we close up? Well, you know, again, we're all worried about inflation. We're all worried about, you know, whether it'll have a longer term impact on the, on, on, on the travel industry. But right now, the demand, the demand is high. People are going and uh, we're seeing a lot of destinations already starting to break visitation records this year. So uh, let's keep our fingers crossed and uh, keep selling. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's all the time we have for this week on Thank you so much, Amir. I really appreciate it. And listeners, listeners out there, you can reach me, podcast at travelpulse.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. 